Hello and welcome to the Skytime podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that promotes Sky and profiles the people that drive the island's economy. It's also a celebration of Sky's vibrant history, culture and environment and aims to gently persuade visitors to spend more time, get off the beaten track and experience more of what our island has to offer. This week I've finally escaped my home studio after 18 weeks of podcasting. From now on, where possible, the Skytime podcast will come to you from locations across Sky. Now, if you go down to the woods today near Broadford, you're in for a big surprise. At the end of this muddy path is a brilliant initiative that provides after-school and school holiday childcare while developing a greater awareness and appreciation of the environment and nature. This is Corrie Capers. The Broadford Outdoor Learning Centre manager is Tracy Keenan. Tracy, thanks for inviting me along to Corrie Capers. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming on this gloriously midgy day. Tell me about the origins of Corrie Capers. How did it come about? Well, Corrie Capers dates back to around 2016 when the community were actively engaged with regard to some of the needs that the community had. And what came out of it was a real need for high-quality childcare provision. So um, the directors of Bradford and Strath Community Company started out with this community engagement and uh, were able to secure, after a period of time of uh, trying particularly hard, secure some funding from the Aspiring Communities Fund, which then enabled us to open the Outdoor Learning Centre and have it fully funded so places were available for free and have been uh, since we started in um, April 2019. We hope to be Care Inspectorate registered by the end of the year and are currently seeking some uh, new funding so we have some longevity to the provision that we've already started to offer the community. What will the Care Inspectorate registration mean for you? It will mean longevity. It will mean that we can offer a variety of provision for the community as they need it to be as flexible, accessible, as possible which is vital and affordable so it means that we can reach out to whatever schemes are available to support members of the community who need that additional support to have childcare provision for their family. Just describe where we're at and what we can see in this bit of the forest. Well in this bit of the forest we can currently see Charlie uh, dancing over there by the bridge (laughs) but what we can see is uh, an area of community woodland and it's essentially a spruce plantation. It's a very tightly knitted together trees. So lots of undulations and interesting shapes on the ground for the children to explore in. But no flat ground. <laughs> but what we have here is beautiful opportunity for exploration in the outdoors and the wildlife that's relevant to the children um, in this particular part of the highlands. You've got a few sections to the to the forest here. Describe uh, what you've got. What our basic ingredients are for a Corrie Capers session are a place to gather, that we, uh, we talk and we share stories and we share music. So we also have an area for creativity, so crafting area. But the children are free to move those areas wherever they want to. There's obviously the whole area is for exploration, play, 
and then we also think it's really important for the children to recognize if they're going to be using this space that they have to care for the space too and they have to sometimes graft for the space so we have to keep a, a measure of how we look after the trees and how we look after the children within that setting so they'll sometimes do some tree management they'll look after the ground move some branches around get branches ready for fires that we may have at certain times of the year uh, or in certain sessions so those are all the main areas but that's all under an umbrella of wanting them to have fun and feeling really connected to nature and how do you keep control of them all this is a forest after all <laughs> oh well if you can if you notice around the edges we started to build a moat but it's a moat with a difference and it's a moat of branches so these are the branches that we're removing from <clears throat> the tree so the children can move more freely but safely uh, because with the trees being so close together sometimes it's impossible to pass through them so we have had to do some alterations like that we've got some finger knitted pieces of uh, textile that the children have put around uh, the forest edges too so they know that that's their boundary and they don't go any further than that unless we're doing something special and, and going beyond our forest boundaries same with the climbing tree that we have there they decided where a, a sensible and um, but still fun place would be um, to mark it on the tree so we, we risk assess, we assess the benefits with them. So their structure in terms of there are specific tasks or there are specific areas for them to be able to go into, but much of it is to allow them some time that's not necessarily adult directed, but for some children who want that, that we still have interesting activities for them to do as well. You mentioned risk assessments and that's in every walk of life these days but mm. the children are in a forest it's uneven ground I've even seen some power tools around yeah. it must be a bit of a, a nightmare planning all of these activities well what we make sure is that we have a generous ratio of adult for the number of children that we have so today for example uh, we've only got eight children we've got two we've got a play leader and myself I'm the manager and then we also have a volunteer, I volunteer Tom today. We don't have a volunteer every time, but we do have a third play leader. So the minute that we introduce any power tools or anything like that, then that means that that third person is focused on either one or two children or any other tools. Power tools aren't a common feature of our sessions, but recently we have been using drills. So yeah, it's about knowing exactly what we're gonna do beforehand and the repercussions of introducing a tool, be it a saw, a pair of loppers, or a hammer or anything like that. That means we need to have a rigorous planning, understanding between us based on the on the activities that we've we've planned. Yeah. Well I can't stand still any longer. These midges are really getting to me, so I'm gonna go off and speak to some of the children. I'll speak to you again in a minute. It's harder to concentrate with them all. <laughs> I'm Riley. Riley, how old are you, Riley? I'm ten. And how long have you been coming to Corrie Capers? For so long now. Tell me what you like about Corrie Capers. Cutting trees down, going under ropes. Tell me your name. Ryan. And how old are you, Ryan? Seven years old. How many times a week do you come to Corrie Capers? Two days, I think. And what, what do you like about it? Um, I cut down branches. And I get to play on the rope bridge. What do you think of this forest? 
it is a good place for building stuff and shelters and camping. And what about when the weather's bad? It's okay today, but the the weather can be pretty bad sometimes. What do you do when it's really wet? I sometimes go to shelters and I still like do stuff in the rain because it's my mum says it's good for you. I'm Susan Armstrong. I'm Charlie Ch- Campbell. Tell me what it's like coming to Corrie Capers every day. Uh, well, it's great fun. We get to do different stuff. Get to help wildlife. And what things do you like to do while you're here? Just describe what you've been doing so far this afternoon. Protecting this base. It's a base? Ah, who are you protecting it from? Everybody in the woods. And what else are you going to be doing today? Uh, getting the um, branches so we don't hurt ourselves. And we're putting them there so it's like we're making a wall so uh, to keep so the wind doesn't batter everything. I'm Iris. I'm 11. And how often do you come to Corrie Capers? I come here quite often. I used to come once or twice a week after school, and then I've been coming to quite a lot of the sessions and the holidays. And what do you like about it? What's so special about Corrie Capers? Well, I just really like being outside and just having a wander around the forest and, yeah, I just really like the forest and, you know, it's the wildlife, so, yeah. There's a lot of building going on here. What things have you been involved in? Oh, yeah, so um, I think I help with one of the shelters over there, something like that, putting the logs up. And I've not actually been involved in that much of the shelters, but I've been cutting the branches and things. Yeah, what's going on here with all this cutting of the the branches? Yeah, so we're just we're not cutting off too many, but we're making sure that we can kind of we can walk without getting our, you know, hair pulled off with walking through. So. Yeah. And how does this compare to any other after school club that you've been to before? Well, a lot of the after school clubs I've been to have been inside and in a hall, and we've just been playing games and we've been kind of told what to do a lot of the time. But here we're outside and we can we can be doing things as a group then we can also just be doing things by ourselves as well. My name is Franco and I'm seven years old. And how often do you come to Corrie Capers? Uh, Every day. What do you like about it most? The mud. The mud. Do you go home very dirty every night? Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes. And what does your mum say? She doesn't mind if I'm dirty. She told me to be dirty. Now, I see you're putting on some heavy gloves there. You're just about to do a job. What, what's your job for today? I'm getting small sticks and putting them on top of moss. And, yeah, that's it. And what's your favourite part of the forest? Everything. Hi, forest! I've wandered over to another part of the forest now where play leader Ailish Culbertson uh, is doing some work. What are you up to, Ailish? So today we've decided that we're going to start clearing all the branches below head height just so the forest is more accessible for the children. So when they're running around and playing games, as they frequently do, that nobody ends up with any injuries. (laughs) Um, We've also decided that we need to clear some more spaces to create some dens. So we've recently created a forest platform treehouse that the uh, children have absolutely loved. So it's been such a hit that we've decided that we need some space to create some more. And how long have you been a play leader and has it always been in outdoor education or have you uh, been a play leader indoors as well? So um, this is my first job after becoming qualified with my HNC in childcare and education. So I was really lucky that 
towards the end of my qualification that this job opportunity came up with the community company and it's meant that I've been able to work and play outdoors in a job that I love and stay in the local area. How much of a difference do you think it is having play in the outdoors compared to indoors? I think it's hugely beneficial for the children. The physical confidence that they've developed has been massive over the last year when we've been working with them. But also the fact that we're so lucky in where we live that our rural settings are so beautiful and so safe. They can learn so much about their wildlife, their ecosystems, but it's also fostered a real sense of care and ownership in the natural landscape that they live in. So we're creating some very caring and confident children. It's a lovely day today, apart from the midges, but I guess it's not always like this. How do you cope in the really bad weather? Yeah, we've been fortunate today that it's been so beautiful. Um, the really bad weather, I think the children are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for. As long as they've got wellies and waterproofs, they're quite happy. I mean, even on our sunniest days, half the time the children just want to chuck themselves headfirst into the mud. So messy play is definitely the best play. And what sort of reaction do you get from parents? <laughs> um, I think when we send them home head to toe in mud, the initial reaction is, yikes, I have to put that in my car. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think they're just really, really happy that the children are outside enjoying themselves and playing with each other in a way that's safe and fun. But we've got a lot of support from the parents around here. So. Not to cause yet, but a good thinking. It looks like Cucumber? a very big pig- it's a cucumber, well done. So Tracy, we're in the uh, polytunnel here. You've got lots of things growing. How much is this part of the project? Uh, well, at the moment, really, it's in, in its infancy part of the project because this particular area, the chil- some of the children access through school, through their sco- uh, school programme with the Growers Hub. But what we would like to do is make sure that as we move forward this year that a part of what we offer and their experiences about growing food and about how, the craft of that and how it's important for them lifelong it's a lifelong um, need but for them to really be able to see food in its natural state rather than just in the supermarket so that's going to be a really big part for us so when it's time to, for this to all be finished with turning the soil over and preparing the soil as we move through to the winter and then into the spring ready to grow again it'll be part of what we do with the children here at Corrie Capers too. And the polytunnel is pretty handy in some bad weather. (laughs) Yeah, not necessarily today where it's boiling, but obviously it's another type of shelter for us as well. Exactly. (laughs) I've got a huge reward for anybody who likes getting really, really muddy. What's the reward? What's the reward? Uh, You have to tell me you like getting really, really muddy first. You do? Here's your reward. Here's the spade and there's the mud. Tom Stevens, you're one of the volunteers here. Uh, when did you get involved? Well, it was actually just before lockdown. Um, so I didn't do much, just came down for a couple of sessions before lockdown, and then just started up again. So I haven't actually done a lot down here. What, what do you think of it as a concept? I think it's fantastic, actually. Yeah, really brilliant. And I think it has so many positive benefits in all sorts of ways that yeah, it's wonderful. I've, I've always thought that uh, putting a child in a classroom five days a week is like locking up a puppy or a kitten or something. And, uh, and then you wonder why they go berserk when you let them out. I mean, they can come up here, let off steam, do destructive or constructive things and go home satisfied. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's great that Broadford is, uh, yeah, sort of leading the way in, in a lot of ways with this. You know, there's not that many places around, so brilliant, absolutely brilliant. 
And how surprised are you that the children cope with all the weathers that uh, the island throws at them? Yeah, I am surprised, actually. As, as, if they're enjoying themselves and involved, then, uh, yeah, they seem to put up with anything, actually. I mean, it's like us, really. Yeah, you know, if we're doing something we enjoy, you can put up with a heck of a lot. So describe uh, some of this construction that you've got going on here. Well, it's basically, because it floods here, just putting some perforated drainage pipe down the down the trenches that the forestry planting leaves and uh, trying to get it away from this area that they want to develop as a sort of dryish dryish base. So hopefully it might work. Keeps everybody out of mischief anyway. So <laughs> including me. So. And how keen are the children to get involved in the hard graft? They love it. Um, I mean, they might get bored after a bit and stop, but. They love having a go and, yeah, brilliant. The project is always looking for, for volunteers. What would you say to people thinking of uh, possibly coming along to help out? It's a lot better than watching telly. I mean, a lot more entertaining. So, uh, good good laugh, the kids. Seriously, um, in a way, kids are the investment for the future, really. If you get help kids to find out how to get on with people and how to do constructive things and uh, do all these physically enjoyable things yeah I mean it's brilliant it's setting them up for the future and also you get so many kids leave school nowadays they could hardly hold a hammer the right way around whereas these kids they're going to be used to using tools and manipulating stuff and they're going to be you know streets ahead of kids who don't get this sort of education well it's not education well, it is, but it isn't, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Learning through play. Yeah, yeah, like, like all every other species does, but which we seem to uh, stop for some reason in a lot of the world, yeah. And there are so many aspects of life today that are controlled by health and safety, but this is so refreshing in that the kids can pretty much get on and do anything they want in the forest. Yeah, well, I've, I've always thought that to a certain extent you learn by your mistakes you if you hurt yourself doing something you probably don't do it again and in a semi-controlled environment like this hopefully very unlikely anybody's going to hurt themselves badly but they can trip over they can bang their thumb they can do all sorts of things and learn and get more agile and more aware of what, what's happening around them uh, so yeah no I think it's it's, it's from a health and safety point of view, it's uh, brilliant. I'll let you get back on with your work party because they seem right. to be slacking over there. Yeah, well, I've got to go and uh, get the whip out. And a trip to the woods wouldn't do us any harm. And a trip to the woods wouldn't do us any harm. And a trip to the woods wouldn't do us any harm. And we'll all tag on behind. Tracy, the children you've got here today are obviously all really hardy and, and very happy, but presumably this is not for every child. It's not necessarily for every child, but um, at some point throughout last year, we had 80% of the local primary school attending for at least one session a week. Obviously, when the weather's beautiful, life is easier, it's not as muddy, but part of the learning process here is really being able to connect to nature through all seasons and build resilience with the children. How do parents react to the experience their children are getting? 
Well, I think parents are delighted that they're outside for so long and that that helps build their just general well-being and health and resilience. But every now and again, we will have an open day where parents can come and see the developments in the forest and they're always very encouraged and encouraging. And where we can for parents who are a little bit reticent because of the weather, we try and reassure. Obviously, we have a shelter a very basic shelter in the forest but we do have a teepee as well for some of the weather we can have that out um, and we've got obviously plans to design and develop more shelter within the forest and outside as well Um, particularly as we want to invite much younger children preschool children as we move towards providing nursery provision we really need to make sure that we've got shelter for them and that might just look a little bit different to the shelter for older children Tracy, you're obviously offering this childcare service for for free at the moment. To do that, you need funds coming in. Is there a possibility that you could roll this out in a commercial sense and offer it as an activity to children who are visiting the island on holiday? Yeah, I mean, there there are lots of models, potential models for us to follow with that. Longer term aim is for us to be a social enterprise, a successful social enterprise to serve the community so then we can... Uh, offer the within that we'll offer the nursery and the after school and holiday care but also to reach out to visitors to the island because obviously with Camping Sky being part of the umbrella of Broadford and Strath Community Company we can invite families who bring children uh, to the campsite to come in and and join with our outdoor learning and exploration and we could also reach out to children in other schools so we have children obviously not too far away in Kyle and Kailakin that we would like the opportunity to have involved in what we're doing. But with that, we would need to ensure that we had transport. So all of this requires a certain degree of funding to make sure we've got ample staff. Currently, uh, we've just applied for access to childcare funding, which is um, a pot of funding from uh, children in Scotland. And what about uh, volunteers? You've got some volunteers here today. Have you got room for more if it appeals to people to to get into outdoor learning? Oh, yeah, we've definitely got more room for volunteers. We we have had some volunteers from beyond the island over Plockton, Bisegway. And, yeah, we invite anybody from all parts of the island who would like to bring either just their joy of the outdoors or any particular skills that they can share one of our regular volunteers is a an accomplished artist so she was able to explore areas of that of her skill set with the children we've had parents who are particularly interested in textiles so knitting um, those kind of real traditions that we don't want to completely disappear uh, weaving so those anybody who's interested in delivering those kind of skills with the children obviously having fun with them at the same time is, is always welcome. So we have a growing group of volunteers for sure. Thank you for having me at Corrie Capers. Oh, you're more than welcome. Apologies again for the meetings. Let's go, come and walk along, let's go, come and walk along, let's go, come and walk along, and we'll all tag on. And that's all for this edition of the Sky Time podcast. If you have a subject, business or project you'd like me to feature, please email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk.
Please also get in touch if you'd like to sponsor Skytime or advertise your business on the next podcast. Until then, stay safe. Thank you very much.